Real Presence Live. It's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, you're known, you're missed if you're not here. Local. It's that good crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you grow it, you grow it to the Lord, and if it doesn't come about, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. Engaging. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live. This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. Welcome everyone to Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Moser coming at you this Friday the 13th from Holy Spirit Catholic Church in North Fargo. Got Eli helping me right here on site. We have Gregory back in the studio. Gosh, your combined age together is so much less than mine. <laughs> but your wisdom is amazing. So we want to again welcome you to the show. And as always, we begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gracious and loving God, as we continue our Lenten journey, we ask for a further outpouring of the Holy Spirit so we may enter into that desert experience. Lord, you overcame the temptations of the devil. You want for us salvation and all the graces we need to be the sons and daughters you call us to be. We ask now that you'd impress upon our hearts what it is you want us to do today, how you want us to be Christ to others, how you want to draw us closer to you as we continue this Lenten journey. We ask a special blessing over all the guests, their charisms, their missions. Lord, guide them, protect them, help them. Lord, we ask a special blessing over Real Presence Radio, that we may be the evangelization tool that you call us to be. We put all this at the feet of our Blessed Mother and pray for our powerful intercession as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, Queen of Lent, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome, everyone, to Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Moser. I'd like to uh, bring Gregory into the mix here. Gregory, how are you doing today, my man? I am doing pretty well. How about yourself? You know, not bad. Do you notice that Mary, Queen of Lent, you know, Mary, Queen of anything good, and it, it just kind mm -hmm. of fits, doesn't it, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I did it's notice crazy. that, so. Well, hey, th you're, you're so observant and, and so, you know, <laughs> I, I like that. I like that. You're very, you're very aware, Gregory. You know, for a lefty, for a lefty, you're amazing. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, for a lefty. Uh, that's funny. Um, yeah. I actually well, good. Well, calculated our uh, combined ages, me and Eli, and we're about 37 together, okay. so. about. Holy Toledo. That was over 20 years ago for me. So, I mean, over 20 years ago for me. <laughs> well, that's great. And, and it's great to see you guys doing such a, such a great job and such great work at such a young age. So, appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. That's our pleasure. Hey, so Gregory, hey, well, I appreciate that. So, we got a great show coming up. Why don't you let our, our uh, listeners know what's coming up? Yeah, so as the Minnesota legislative session continues forward, we'll get our weekly update with Jason Adkins of the Minnesota Catholic Conference. And this group is working to set the church on fire through music and worship of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Andrea Thomas of The Vigil Project will share how they're doing this as she previews their upcoming visit to the Diocese of Fargo's Redeemed Women's Conference. And she's, speaking of music, she's a 13-year-old Sullivan Middle School student hoping to bring healing to one family through song. We'll meet and visit with singer-slash-songwriter Annabelle Maher about the inspiration behind her new release, Landon's Song. All this and a bunch more coming up this morning. 
Hey, that sounds awesome. Appreciate that. So here we are again up at the Holy Spirit Catholic Church. My name is Tim Moser. Uh, 8.30 Mass is just getting up. People are walking by. They're looking so holy, looking so smiley, filled with the Holy Spirit. I love it. That's great. Hi there. Good to see all of you. That's wonderful. Well, good. Well, we always love being out here on location. We want to thank Father Frost Ross Laframboise for uh, letting us in, having us over. We appreciate that. Our first guest as mentioned by Gregory, is Jason Adkins from the Minnesota Catholic Conference. Lots of things going on. Jason, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good to be with you. Thanks so much for being here. Tim Moser here, the host today. Lots of things going on. Um, but just maybe tell us, you know, up on Capitol Hill there, well, there in St. Paul, um, what, what, what's the overall vibe? What's the feeling? What, what are some things that are happening there for you, Jason? Well, it's it's a real sense of urgency in our capital. Mm-hmm. Our capital is essentially closed for business until Monday morning mm-hmm. when the House will uh, reconvene and the session will begin again as legislative leaders try to figure out what to do about coronavirus and how that will impact state visits. It's very likely that next week could be the last week of our legislature uh, this year. Um, as legislators decide, and the sense is, is that we're going to take our $1.5 billion surplus here and put that in the bank and save it for whatever impact uh, this whole uh, virus scenario may have long-term on the economy, on people's economic security. So the governor yesterday proposed a $300 million supplemental budget, uh, which really speaks to the most needed emergency services and some other essentials that need to happen this year. Um, but otherwise, we're going to try to take that and put that money in the bank and uh, save it for uh, an impending rainy day, which seems to be upon us. Yeah, isn't that true? Talking with Jason Adkins here from the Minnesota Catholic Conference. I, I, I teach at Concordia College, Jason. Of course, you know, everyone's heard, right, all these things that are going on. You know, I mean, MDA canceling season, March Madness, right? The basketball is canceled. Schools are closing. Um, all in an effort to, you know, to contain this. And uh, certainly, we, we need to be diligent with that. Um, but as you mentioned, if there's only one week left in the session, that's an urgency for your voice also to be heard, isn't it? Well, yeah, there's, there's a, it's not that there's one week left technically. It's that mm-hmm. most likely this is going to be the end in the sense that, right. you, know, you know, the Capitol is a place where all kinds of people are from all over the place are congregating. Um, exactly. legislators are concerned for their health and well-being. Um, and so it's, it's very, very important that they take proactive uh, and precautionary measures about what really needs to get done. And given that there's this, this challenge and this crisis, better to save the money for a rainy day. We don't have to do anything constitutionally speaking. Budgets, the biennial budgets passed in the odd years. Um, things, I think nothing absolutely needs to get done. So we are, of course, um, speaking to a couple issues. Uh, one was emergency shelter. And uh, especially as the um, homelessness crisis increases, um, there's a proposal to increase uh, emergency services grants by $15 million um, to help homeless shelters throughout the state assist people in homeless, and that can provide increased capacity, increased services. And uh, and then if you even think about coronavirus in terms of homeless, the homeless population, what will that mean as well? So this week there was Minnesota Coalition for the Homeless, which we are a part of, Day on the Hill. And one of the key pieces that we advocated for was that $15 million expansion of the emergency services grant program, which will help agencies like Catholic Charities uh, provide better services to the homeless. So that's one of those things that in that little bit of uh, spending that's going to happen, um, that's something that definitely should be in the mix. 
Absolutely. We're talking with Jason Adkins, your Minnesota Catholic Conference. Also, there's a bill about uh, abortion funding. Tell us a little bit about that, please. Yeah, like like many things that uh, legislators want to get done, that one, uh, given the, the timeline that we're looking at here, is not likely going to happen. But I think what listeners need to know is that it's just because an abortion ban- bill is introduced doesn't mean it's necessarily always good legislation. So mm-hmm. what happened this year, and this is, uh, introduced in years past is a bill to end taxpayer funding of abortion. So in state health programs, those are the health programs uh, provided by the state typically for people in low-income situations like our medical assistance program. We had a state Supreme Court decision in 1995 called Doe versus Gomez, and what that mandated was that um, there is a constitutional right to an abortion. So it's like our own state Roe v. Wade case, and that not only did that include a right to an abortion, um, that it was a right for women or or to achieve an abortion through a state-funded health plan, so taxpayer funding of abortion for, for women. So almost every year you get one of these bills introduced. And in a political environment like ours, we have Democrats controlling the House and the governor's office. Such a bill is not going to get passed. The main purpose behind introducing that and then passing it in one body is to create a, leg- a scorecard. So when voters go to the polls, they know which legislators... Um, are supporting or opposing it. And so it's really a, a political tactic more than it is a serious attempt uh, to um, curtail a particular type of abortion. That, In this case, that would be taxpayer-funded abortion. You know, in past years, the Minnesota Catholic Congress has supported those pieces of legislation because we thought they might be a good vehicle to have that Doe versus Gomez decision turned, at least from the standpoint of uh, mandating taxpayer-funding abortions. But in our courts now, which are largely dominated, including our Supreme Court, by um, const- by judges who are appointed by Democrats. Uh, we think that's a less prudent idea, even if it were uh, if it were to pass. That wouldn't necessarily be a good thing, precisely because of the bad precedent it could set in the court. So I think listeners need to be aware that just because a bill's um, proposed, it doesn't mean it's necessarily a prudent thing to advance at a particular time. Exactly. We're talking with Jason Atkins in a Minnesota Catholic Conference. We, we touched on coronavirus briefly, and any, anything else you want to mention about that, Jason, as we move forward? The coronavirus legislation? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so um, already our legislature has passed um, coronavirus measures. Uh, tw- the first $21 million worth of funding was passed a couple days ago uh, just to increase state capacity to handle that. Uh, more initiatives um, have already been uh, introduced, and that's really what is going to occupy the lion's share uh, of the proceedings over this next week is, how to again, how to deal with uh, this crisis and things like um, emergency shelter funding, what things can we do. Um, right now they're most pressing. Another thing you had mentioned, where, where can the Minnesota Catholic Conference and Catholics weigh in, um, particularly in things related to clean water safety are, are really an urgency and so on our website at mncatholic.org, you can see our uh, Making Sure Our Water Works flyer uh, that, um, that we're using and providing the legislators about priorities that they should be looking at uh, in this next week with regard to clean water safety. So in that little tiny, uh, it seems tiny on the, from a legislative standpoint, $300 billion is a lot of money, but from a budget standpoint, it's pretty small in, in terms of a, an overall budget. What can we be doing and focused on in this next week? before the legislature possibly adjourns uh, for the year and get done. So emergency shelter, clean water initiatives, uh, public safety matters, those are going to be key things. 
Absolute talk with Jason Adkins, Minnesota Catholic Conference. Jason, I also noticed on your website, and I, I don't have it up here, but maybe you can fill our listeners in. There's something going. I don't think it's passed, but a, a proposed bill. Something about the schools and education where Planned Parenthood, you know, people who are not teachers, you know, would be able to come in and share some things. And of course, we have some great concerns about uh, that type of thing. Uh, can you share a little bit more about that with our listeners, please? Sure. So last year in the uh, K-12 education budget, they passed a proposal called Comprehensive Sex Ed. And what it does is mandate the state-based curriculum around uh, basically sexual education, but also things like sexual orientation, gender identity, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it, it asked the commissioner of education to start creating model curricula and then there's funding components for that. And what it's tried to do is mandate a certain uh, set of programming in the state. It doesn't have to look exactly the same in every state, but each program in every school district would cover a certain set of things, including things like gender identity issues and those sorts of controversies. One of the main proponents here is Planned Parenthood, of course, because essentially what that would mean is that school districts would start contracting with these education providers, and Planned Parenthood is one of them, they've actually big time into uh, youth education. And we're concerned about that because, obviously, these things are, are problematic. They're not just about the birds and the bees. They're, uh, they really catechize children in a, 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 an idea of sexuality that doesn't promote human flourishing by any means. Uh, it sexualizes children, promotes promiscuity, it makes consent the standard of the good, which is a uh, serious problem. So that was a, a proposal that we were able to hit on the Senate side um, uh, last year and this year. Uh, and so it's just something to keep watching for, though, paying attention to is, you know, when school boards weren't doing what, uh, local school boards weren't doing what uh, some people want them to, they try to pr- propose a mandated statewide comprehensive sexuality education program. It's something very problematic, troubling, and um, we're glad it hasn't passed thus far. Yeah, absolutely, Jason. That that's so true. And th- thanks for your your fight and your and your commitment there with the Minnesota Catholic Conference. You know, maybe Jason. Just I know you go out and speak on this a lot. And one of the big things that I I really am trying to get across to people when when I go out and speak or or just even talking to someone on the street, I think a lot of people, a lot of Catholics, don't understand the whole comprehensive view of how human sexuality. You know, whether it's contraception, whether, you know, being open to life, the covenant of marriage, you know, the permanent marriage, how marriage, the sexual act, and children have to stay together. And it affects everything, like life issues, like gender, you know, identity, and all these kind of things, because we are now taking control. We are defining what it means to, we are defining what marriage means. We are defining what the sexual act means. We are defining this. And if we define what the sexual act means through contraception, I'm going to put put a, a stop to this my way. Well, now, as... Uh, Casey versus Planned Parenthood said in 1992 Supreme Court case. Now, basically, our society says we have to have abortion because if we accept contraception, the contraceptive mentality, we have to have it. Since people are used to used to contraceptive, we have to have abortion. Maybe just talk to us a little bit about how we can simplify and really see how these are all interconnected and how church teaching really keeps us on the safe side and on the true and straight and narrow. Well, all around us, we have the data and the evidence of what happens when you abandon the Church's teaching on these sex and family matters, right? I mean, everything from, uh, you know, what we deal with in many instances is the fallout of family fragmentation, right? Divorce. Um, But even getting more fundamentally to it, like you said, 
the whole reality of separating sex from children, when you can have sex without children, without creating children, now you can have children without having sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. surrogacy yeah. and, yeah. Um, you know, surrogacy, divorce, uh, same-sex marriage. Well, same-sex marriage makes perfect sense in a world in which you detach uh, sex and children together, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. always linking sex and children and the reality of those two things in the context of the lifelong union of man and woman uh, that really gets to the core of a whole ecosystem worth of issues. But the family, we have to remember, is, you know, we're not just imposing a traditional view of morality. It's about right relationships. And the family is, is a mirror image, well, not a mirror image, but an image, even through a glass darkly, as we say, of the Trinity. Right. So it's really about promoting right relationships and protecting the family as an icon of the very life of God and the inner life of God. And so if the family is a participation in the life of God, because it is a, is a, a place of right relationships. It's the domestic church. Uh, it's where we learn our virtues. It's where we learn solidarity, it's where we learn the care for the poor and vulnerable. The family is so integral on so many levels, and that family, like you said, is really rooted in that lifelong covenant between man and woman, and that openness to life, that life-giving union that produces children, and protecting that reality in both the culture and in law is always just paramount. Absolutely. Great, great uh, summary there, Jason. We appreciate that. Jason Adkins, Minnesota Catholic Conference. And as, as you mentioned, maybe just one little point, we have about two minutes left. This idea of rules. A lot of people look at the Catholic, it's a bunch of rules, a bunch of rules. And as you mentioned, relationship is important. When we have right relationships, our standards of behavior flow from that, right? We, we don't need the rule. As you know, Pope John Paul II said, you're free from the law as long as you understand your right relationship and understand what, what naturally flows from that right relationship. We no longer desire to, 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 to not be in relation, right relationship with God or our spouse or our children. We want to have these right relationships, and by grace, we can attain that. That's exactly right. I mean, think of, think of the way in which forms of feminism have tried to turn, uh, from at least a sexuality standpoint, try to turn women into men, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> um, and so what that's done, though, is not, uh, not only has it lowered standards for men, well, it's like, well, men can have sex without commitment, um, because women don't necessarily want commitment or are not holding them to it. Long-term, as we've seen in the Me movement, that degrades women, right? So the, the, the unfortunate reality of liberating women uh, from norms has actually uh, fostered the, their degradation and, of course, the degradation of men as well, because now they're, they're, they're getting exactly what many don't, what many want is uh, sex without consequences and, and uh, sex without responsibility. And so, again, it always flows from that ethic of right relationship uh, and chastity and virtue as, as a way of fostering human well-being and protecting human dignity. Jason, that sounds so good. We certainly appreciate your time, Jason. Anything else before we head out? Well, people can always uh, uh, stay in touch with Minnesota Catholic Conference. It's going out the Capitol website, mncatholic.org. Again, that's mncatholic.org, and then click on the Catholic Advocacy Network, where you can sign up to be uh, kept informed about key issues and what's going on at the Capitol. You can also track key bills that the Catholic Conference has taken in information or a position on through our bill tracker, so a lot of great resources there, and then uh, definitely some uh, opportunities for study and enriching your sense of right relationships through our great resource, Minnesota, our common home. Um, There's a local adaptation of Pope Francis' encyclical Laudato Si, which proposes an integral ecology 
ethic of right relationships uh, in our lives and in our communities. That is wonderful. Jason Adkins, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. God bless you. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you so much. Up next, we'll take our offer of your prayers, your specific intentions during Prayer for Leo's. And later, have you ever heard of the charisms of the Holy Spirit? Father Ross from right here at Holy Spirit will be talking about that. And if you have a question about anything he's saying, you have the opportunity to call in and ask it. All this and much more when Real Presence Live continues after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.